Boom. Welcome, guys, to the Short Convos podcast, episode 43. Free. We're going to go free. Yeah, it is now. It's something. Uh, as Miralai here with... Uh, JC, uh, Warrior of Light, Cashman. I thought I'd take this opportunity to say, in case we've got any new listeners, uh, that this is a podcast. We're calling it self-help, aren't we, as... If we're going to have to give it a category, I guess it is, uh, although we tend to go quite off the rails more often than not, yeah. so I don't but know if off gen- the rails podcast is a thing. What it genuinely, genuinely is, is our weekly catch-up and conversation, and uh, there's nothing scripted really ever at all. We've got our things we like to do each week, don't we, the, uh, the episode features, but other than that, you literally just press record and we chat. Off so, how are you doing, As? I'm doing good, but I feel like I'm the only one who is at the moment. I don't know why, but everyone around oh, okay. me seems to be having a bad week. Uh, but I'm okay. And I'm, I'm kind of being struck with a bit of guilt with it, where I'm just like, should I not be doing <laughs> good too? Like, should I join you guys? Uh, but everyone around me, I don't know if it's just bad luck, but they've all synced up and, and got a bit blue. Uh, but I'm I'm fine, for fingers crossed. Touching wood. Okay, family, friends, everyone Just, that you bump into. Everyone I've encountered recently. Yeah, or... uh, anyone I've spoke to, all my family, uh, like most of my friends. Uh, not that I have many. Uh, I, I've not yet had the chance to properly catch <laughs> up with you to ask how you're feeling, but. Uh, the majority of people, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just a bit crap. <laughs> and they kind of start spiraling a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing this again. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm fine. So I'm going to ask how you are in the hopes that you're going to break the trend and tell me that you're you're all good. Yeah, I'm all good. I'm wonderful. Oh, okay. I was going <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> I was, I was say... Uh, I don't know how to explain this. I don't know if we've ever spoken about this before, but I've evolved this this last week. Uh, I would say maybe over the weekend it really struck me. It's uh, it's hard to explain. How to explain this? Uh, yeah, I don't know if we've spoken about it before. You know, uh, I became a, a father before I got married. So when you become a father, you evolve. It, it, you have to. It, it, you, you are something you weren't before. You are uh, the, the parent of a, of a child. So that, that is, for instance, a defining uh, moment. When you get married, you know, you're, you're now a partner in, in a, an official relationship. It's, uh, it, you, you evolve. And there's been different times in life where things like that, are you know choices or uh, things happen that put you in a certain place where you're going to evolve? But other times, I think it's almost like a choice you make. And yeah, I feel I can't explain exactly why, but I feel like I've evolved in in only a positive sense, in in like a a learning uh, sense. You know, not necessarily grown bigger, not shed a skin, uh, but just evolve. Uh, am I making any sense with any of that? I've, you are, but I need a bit more info. When you say evolved, like what is, you know, for example, evolution, you grew a horn. What, yeah. what have you, what do you feel like you've grown or developed or have more of than you did before the weekend? Like what is the sign of the evolution that's made you go, oh, I've, I've leveled up, I've changed. 
I think it comes down to maybe experience or just the way you look at the world. So when, when you see a child come into the world, you see, or, you know, someone pass away, you see the circle of life actually happening before you. Uh, where when you are married to someone, that that's a defining moment. You you go through experiences, you go through things that uh, are evolving you as a person in your mind. So yeah, you're not growing a uh, another ear or a horn or something. It's it's like an e evolution within your inner self. Uh, yeah, I find it quite hard to explain. I thought I might be able to make it easier. To understand, but does it make any more sense? It, it does make sense. All I'm trying to figure out from it, and I, I don't know if, again, we, we spoke about uh, video games and Pokemon the other week. Um, when the Pokemon evolves, you kind of, there's a moment, like you said, and then it's a very clear difference between A to B. And what I'm trying to understand in it is you said like you felt like it happened over this weekend. So I'm trying to understand between JC before the weekend and JC after the weekend, what in you has feels like it's shifted. Like what what would have happened last week that would have affected you differently than this evolved version? Well, I don't, I, don't, I suppose one has to look at defining things, and we're we're in the process of uh, moving now. So over the weekend and to Monday, it was like confirmed that it's happening. So you go through that stage of, yeah, we'd like it to work. You try and put all your, uh, you know, align all, all the ducks to go in one direction to make it work. And it's like, okay, it's happened. And I, I suppose it's a case of, I'm ready. I, I can deal with the next thing. I can deal with the next chapter. I can, uh, I can have that conversation I, because I've experienced it. Yeah. So, that yeah, that, that's what I think, think has happened. So, yeah, in short to your question, yeah, I'm all good. And over the weekend, I don't know if it was connected, actually. Over the weekend, uh, I attended via, you know, Zoom, a uh, mental health uh, seminar. And uh, I've never, I've, I've never approached the subject from that point of view before. I've read books. Uh, I've chatted to a lot of people, uh, especially with the experience that I went through with my dad and uh, his depression, mental health, and everything else. But I haven't really had it delivered to me in quite a format like that, where I've just sat there and listened to basically, you know, uh, a knowledgeable expert on it. It was specific to combat sports in the sense it was a mental health in combat sports, but it was just generalized conversation at times about mental health and how it would apply to say a coach or an athlete in, in sport. Have you delved into that realm of things at all? Uh, very similar to you. I've read books and I've spoken to a lot of people about it, but I've never had any kind of formal education or, or yeah. like you said, had someone lecture or present to me uh you know the science or anything i've just kind of dipped my toe in and out when it's been relevant and when i felt uh it's applied did you yeah, feel did you agree with everything presented or to, to yeah the extent was, yeah 
it, it wasn't a case of they, they weren't uh, teaching in a way like it was biblical that this is the hand of God and this is the way that you have to do it. It wasn't taught like that. She was very much uh, backing up what she was saying or just presenting evidence and studies and things like that. It, just the way that she brought it across was just really good. And uh, a couple of things I feel having uh, listened and uh, heard it, it's like you feel you have to share. It's like the David Attenborough thing that we had talked about, you know, and uh, Black Lives Matters and all those, if people want to go back to some of our older uh, podcasts, it's like it, I feel obliged to share it and for other people to hear it. So have you heard of Black Dog, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization video? I can't say I have, no. So it's an animated, hand-drawn animated uh, short uh, video, uh, basically about depression, and it's called The Black Dog. So I would go away and I would Google that next uh, and watch it. Even if you've never experienced it or had no one to deal with with it, it is just a really informative video. And uh, I actually got really emotional watching it uh, because it, it was just bringing, yeah, a lot of an emotion out. And then there's another video, Living With A Black Dog as well. So I, you know, those that care or uh, have a, you know, a partner or a family member or someone close to them that uh, suffers with depression. So yeah, I, I would say, you know, uh, need to, yeah, take a moment to, to watch those. Uh, and then, yeah, she just shared some really interesting stuff like, uh, regarding like the sports side of things and uh, how, for instance, anxiety and those sort of things in sport affect uh, the female gender a lot more than the male gender. And right. uh, there's also some interesting things she was saying how, and I, I'd never really, I, I'd thought of it, but never heard someone say it and sort of make you think a bit more about it, but how, uh, you know, there is a level of mental health at times for people in sport, especially pressure, you know, at big events and things like that. And injury was a big thing as well, the mental health uh, when you're injured as a top athlete. But also she said, like as coaches, you have to understand some people are coming to you because the sport that you provide, you know, that competitive arena actually helps them escape the mental health issues they have as well. Yeah. So. It was an enlightening conversation from that point of view. And uh, she said there isn't just like one depression as well, or one, you can't sort of bubble it as mental health. There's like a hundred, over a hundred different mental health disorders that are recognized. And uh, she said that with the way that things are going at the moment, uh, they estimate that mental health will overtake uh, the uh, cancer and uh, heart disease as one of the worst contributing factors to you know people uh, dying, Early you know, suicide, and, stuff, and yeah. yeah, and everything else. And then you know she went into a few different coping strategies, and uh, yeah, I, I I found it a really really informative thing. And I think if anyone had the opportunity to get on something like that, then uh, I think you should grasp it with both hands. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think that whole thing about mental health being on the rise makes a lot of sense. It really tracks because we are using our minds more and more kind of as, as we evolve as, as a species. Like if you go back to caveman, I imagine like the mental 
processing wasn't as much. It was physical, wasn't it? It was hunt the meat, make the fire, you know, dig the hole, etc. And now, you know, some people, they don't use their bodies at all for a whole day, but they're working with their mind, whatever they're doing. Mm. And their brain is now like the most powerful thing they're using all day. And you can see how then you get less physical issues because you're not doing anything to put your body at any risk, but you expose your mind to so many more things that you really increase your risk of developing depression, anxiety, uh, all, all of those things. We, we've spoke tons about social media and uh, I think that's gonna have a lot to answer for in the coming years for, for a lot of these issues and kind of the origins of it all. Interesting in the sports context because we've talked about sports psychology before and obviously I think any fighter has looked into sports psychology in a way of getting an edge on the competition. Um, but very rarely do you hear it discussed about the sports psychology of someone suffering from competition or injury yeah. or pressure and all of that stuff but it's obviously present you know obviously goes on and she spends uh you know she works quite a lot uh spends a lot of time with athletes and uh clubs and coaches and she said it's very very far and few between like you're asked for the schedule what are you doing for the week you know your technical your strength training and you know your, your diet and everything else and she says it's a very far and few between that actually have a designated time for basically their mental well-being. Mental training, uh, yeah. And uh, coincidentally, uh, during the first lockdown, we did a uh, film session. So we would get together uh, once a week, just on Zoom, no training whatsoever, and just watch fights, analyze fights and everything. And when we got back to the dojo, do you want to hit that bell, ding. When we got back to the dojo between uh, the lockdowns, uh, I continued it. It was like Friday, we would do it after our training session. And uh, we were watching videos, but we were spending quite a lot of time talking about it all and everything. And then early on into this lockdown in January, someone messaged and said, JCR could really do with that time that we were having just to sort of chat basically. Could we do something once a week, bring back film? I said, yeah, cool, you know, I'll put the Zoom on. And uh, we've started back on every Monday now chatting. Uh, and uh, we're actually starting to discuss every week the mental side of things, mental preparation, dealing with things. I'm doing like a little bit of a, uh, a book about, yeah, from a, a beginner, a novice competitor to like an advance and tools and things that you could use. And uh, it was really kind of... Uh, it was warming to hear her say that that was a really positive thing that she doesn't see a lot of people doing that is mm. in our program now. So yeah, I, I was pleased about that. Yeah. I've seen it real life. Like when you, you've mentioning it, or I remember this happening, we were on the circuit and I was coaching one of our fighters and he lost the fight. And I was then giving him like feedback at the end of the fight. And it was very clear to me anyway, physically what he needed to do to have won that fight like the small changes that he needed to make and I'm telling him and then he he like cuts me off quite abruptly and interrupts me he goes to be honest coach I know all of that my issue is nothing to do with the physical uh like if we were in a training room I would have whooped that guy all around the room he said it's it's mental it's when I get on the mats I can't perform like I do in the training room I can't convert what I do in the room onto the mat. And he got very suddenly, very quickly, very emotional, very upset. And then like a whole bunch of other stuff started pouring out, you know, 
feeling this way about this person and this way about this. Uh, and it all kind of spiraled. And then I thought, oh, wow, you've been carrying a lot yeah. with you. You know what I mean? And you've not had anywhere or any way of, of venting it or, or at least you didn't know that there was ways or places to go to vent it and, and deal with it and process it all. Uh, and that now was really interesting. Out. Yeah. And I just, I remember walking away from that going, he's, he's completely right. You know, I was giving him the advice, but he didn't need the advice. He actually just needed someone to go, you know, you need to open up a little bit and Listen talk. To him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then just, and then, you know, I don't know if he's going to do any better off of it, but I felt like it was a breakthrough moment uh, for him as a fighter and also as me as a coach where it's not always just kicks and punches. There's, there's so much more to it. Yeah, yeah, massively. I, I've always found it fascinating. It's you, you really get someone in between, but like, you know, we've got a handful of uh, fighters at our dojo right now that, are, you know, when we were on the scene, when we get back to it, doing really well. And you can almost split it down the middle and you can put those to one side who have got fantastic technical ability. Uh, you know, you could say natural talent uh, can kick and everything else. And you can put those others to the other side who haven't got any of that. You know, they've got two left feet. They, they've got no coordination. But these people, they've got their head screwed on and they can make what they've got work because not that they're necessarily smarter, but they can just deal better with emotion. Yeah, for sure. And then there's that there's like that light bulb moment with so many of them, isn't there, where they're like you're useless you're useless you're useless and then almost overnight it's like yeah something clicks and it's just yeah. you just keep turning up you just keep doing it and then either the headspace clicks or the physical clicks like you said you will learn to work with what you have and what the tools are that you use uh, and then you you make that shift as i'd like to talk about the news this week and i'm not one to i don't know if i mentioned before to, for our listeners i'm not one to regularly go on news i think it's bad for your health in general we have you know spoken about it beforehand uh i've actually been a little bit more of a uh, news reader recently just in case i'm missing something just in case you know there is a breakout of zombies or something like that i just want a little bit of a heads up but what has been fascinating me, I don't know if you've been following it at all, is, um, is the uh, stuff going to Mars, in particular the NASA thing. Have you been mm -hmm. following it at all? Uh, I watched the landing and uh, today I looked at the 360 degree photo from the surface uh, of Mars. Uh, and the top comment blew me away. He was like, I can't believe it we're the aliens yeah and i was like yes awesome yeah. Yeah. i i just think everything about it is just so fascinating like you know six seven so months cool. just to get there and then you know we're not going to get those samples back or they are for like two years because they've got to send something over there to go to get, up get it <laughs> yeah and it's like it just blows my mind and i i i just really hope i don't know why really hope they find something in this seabed i want them to find some proof of life from another planet that would just it feels like it's just the right time for the human race to to receive that information to get that. yeah I, it is just the the coolest and strangest thing isn't it because on the surface you just think what is the point like all those billions and billions of dollars and hours and energy and engineering just to go look at what probably probably is a big dead red rock uh, yeah. and come back but 
you know, you just got to marvel at what we're capable of. When you think of the fact that we only got into space, like, not that long ago. Yeah, uh, in our and, history, and, no. Yeah, and, and like, you know, within our, what, grandparents' lifetime? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the first time we even got into space. At My all. parents' now lifetime. We're, we're planets away. We're, we're visiting yeah. the next planet. And it's just, yeah, it's crazy stuff. So, I don't think I've ever asked aliens do they exist are they amongst us yeah no way they can't be right just and again i can i can be pure zeros and ones because this is all zero and one territory right when you think about it yeah statistically speaking there's no way we're the only lot that managed to to make it happen like it's that's too vast the universe is too big for there not to be others do i think that any are within range I don't know, uh, like a range of us ever to actually like communicate, meet, anything like that. I don't know. But to say that there is an other life on the universe, I think is just a crazy thing to say. Not that I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone who thinks that though. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I, as a younger lad, I've read quite a lot of uh, astronomy books, uh, not astrology, not, uh, you know, the uh, Gemini and uh, whatever it was, Scorpio and everything else. I'm not knocking any of that, but I mean, actual like oh, space and <laughs> maybe another <laughs> conversation, <laughs> maybe, maybe space and every, uh, rather space and everything else. And uh, I, I read it a few times or heard it a few times where let's say this is our planet here. We've got this kind of field of listening where, you know, our, our listening uh, radar is this far. And let's say there's life somewhere in our, universe it might be over here and that listening circle is also that big and it's like you're never you're never gonna get get close to hear each other and then there's the other theory which i just love to think about which just blows your way where you're looking at that star up there which is two billion uh year uh, light years away or whatever it is so what we're looking at or let's say two million so what we're looking at is the light that's only just reached us, that left there two million years ago. So if they are like us, able to see us, they're only seeing us in the last ice age. They can't see us now because the light now, even in the 1800s, the 1900s, when they're gonna see us properly domesticated, won't get there for another two million years. I just find that whole, whole thing, it's like, yeah, mind bending. Yeah, I mean, if like, you know, I enjoy Star Trek. I don't know if you ever got into Star Trek, but the the biggest thing with Star Trek was waiting for a civilization to get warp capabilities because warp capabilities meant you could travel those massive distances. And it was like, until you had that technology, you were basically a primitive race. No matter what else you had, if you couldn't do the warp thingy, you weren't you weren't really they wouldn't even interact with you they wouldn't come near you because you're not ready to be exposed to to all of that so you blow up your brain Uh, and i think that's what we're missing basically is the ability to travel massive distances without aging and dying before we get there you know it's it's, that's that's what's going to bridge the gap to ever I think anyway, meet anyone else. Because um, the other thing is, we always seem to think that aliens are gonna be more advanced than us, like that the, they're gonna be way further ahead. They've probably seen us and looked at us and gone, no, thank you. 
but there's every chance that we're the one of the more advanced ones and we're the first yeah. like like i said about that comment we're the aliens on mars you know we're the ones that land on someone else's planet and freak them out with our big heads yeah and uh, on that like uh, a theory i've thought of or i've heard or you know i've taken from a book or that is what if they are already among us but we don't have any comprehension of seeing, feeling, or hearing them because they're just not on our senses whatsoever. What if they're walking amongst us or, you know, I, I love the Men in Black films. Uh, I love the way that the, the whole universe is on the dog's collar. And then, the, you know, the ones with the lockers where there's a whole race of people living in a locker. I just love that whole idea and concept and theory on it all. Yeah, I mean, that's almost the reality of how infinitesimally small we are in the grand scheme of things. Like, and that's mm. within our known universe. We are a speck. We are some tiny dot on a tiny rock in a tiny galaxy in an absolutely giant universe. I read that for every grain of sand on our planet, so you know when you sit on the beach and take a handful of sand, for every little grain, there's a, a million or a billion stars out there. That's how infinite are, are it's like, whoa, I, I just love that. Yeah, it, oh, it, it's the coolest stuff really, isn't it? And yeah. then I, I like the idea that at some point, I don't like the idea, but I think it's interesting. At some point we're gonna make this planet, we possibly, we have the chance to make this planet inhabitable. We have to get yeah. off it. Like well, we've been it. told that, haven't we? Uh, yeah. You know, the, one of the wisest guys on the planet has said that, Mr. Attenborough. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting to know one thing about the human race, I don't know, I guess it's a negative sometimes, is that when put under that pressure, we will find a way out. Like, we'll get off the planet. We'll move somewhere else, probably. Yeah. And we, we won't obviously be around for this, um, but it's very interesting to think that the human race of Earth in thousands of years could no longer be of Earth, could be of another rock. You're saying about like Star Trek, you know, sci-fi and everything. Uh, well, I love, uh, backtracking to previous comments, I love Star Wars, the concept that it all happened a long time ago, far, far yeah. away from it. I just, yeah, I just yeah. love that. It's not in the future. It, it's all been, been done. Uh, but yeah, you said about Star Trek. I never grew up as a fan of the series or anything like that, uh, but I've really enjoyed the most recent films. I okay. think they, they've been yeah. done really well. They have been done uh, well. And uh, what I did like growing up, and uh, the new ones I, I didn't really like as much, but it was Red Dwarf. Uh, the, yeah, I don't know if you ever followed those. I did, I, yeah. Have you ever read Great. any of the books? No. I can't quote the names of them now, but there was a couple of the books, and they're well worth a read because on one of them, uh, it talks about uh, the galactic uh, government, and they are all voting about what to do with Earth. So basically, Earth is just a junk pile now, uh, and there's just this bunch of hippies uh, in the Galactic Senate that want to look after Earth because it's where all the human race first came from. And they Nostalgia. all voted, to, yeah, they all voted to say no. It's just a big tip away. So let's get rid of it, and like they blow it off into the stars or whatever the story was. <laughs> and I just, yeah, it's similar to what you say. It's just oh, I just find all of that stuff, yeah, really interesting. 
I guess it just opens your imagination up to like endless possibilities. There's no, you can't cap it with, with stuff like that. Right. Because, because of the vastness of it all, there's not, you can't be like, well, that's just ridiculous because it's on the other end of the universe. It could be a, like you said, 6 billion light years away. You do have no idea what's over there uh, or what it could be or what, what's walking among us now that, like you said, is just beyond our perception. And uh, I, I haven't made time for it most recently, so I think I will have to. But I was quite into stargazing at one point. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been somewhere with a real lack of uh, light pollution. Uh, uh, with probably... you? Oh, yeah, in Cornwall. Yeah, of course. I, I think I I've hurt my neck from just looking <laughs> up so long that night where I just couldn't take my eyes off of it. It, was, uh, it, it blew yeah. me away. You just see so much more when you can actually see that whole Milky Way band as well. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm buzzing from this now. I think that messes up us up a little bit, you know, because I look out at the sky and I mostly just see darkness and a couple of dots. And it's very <laughs> easy to just think there's nothing out there, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's nothing to get excited about. You look out and you're like, yeah, three dots, whatever. And then you go somewhere like that and you're like, no, that's not three dots. <laughs> That's a lot. Well, of again, I read or heard somewhere that if we could see the light of every star, because we can't see sunlight because the star, ha- the light hasn't reached us, it's that far away. Uh, if we could see the light of every star, the entire sky will become would constantly be lit. There's there a photo. We we've taken a photo. I, I don't know if it's from a satellite or something, and but it's basically the widest photo of the universe that's been able to be okay. taken. And it is, it just looks like a TV that's got static because it's just light. It's so it's the like, you can see different colors from different suns in different stages and all the rest of it, but it's basically like a static TV because uh, it's all, there's just, there's a star everywhere across, across it in the right spectrum. And yes, frozen again. My editing skills will be put to yeah, the test. Frozen tomorrow <laughs> definitely back. you could chop chains swing around well you you, you you were fixing curtains earlier so uh it's still it's, it's basically the same yeah. yeah should we finish with a couple of uh, features have you got anything to bring to us food wise well we've had a good week with food actually because we've been doing a uh, family come dine with me uh oh, so fun. lauren lauren said it out we could all choose a country uh, so I got Japanese, so I did a nice, or I think I'm winning, I've, I've probably already won. I did a nice Japanese lunch for everyone. Uh, but yourself, any, any food topics, something food this week? Well, I think you've just picked a nice topic there in terms of, I, I don't know if we need to say favorite or just countries of food in terms of food cultures from different countries. So I've come to realize just, just through looking at it, Japanese food has to be like across the board, my favorite foods. When I look at a Japanese menu, it's almost everything on the menu I want to eat. There's very few things I've seen on a Japanese food menu where I've been like, nah, I don't fancy that. So like Japanese cuisine, right up there for me. What would be your like number one choice foreign cuisine? I, for purpose of conversation, I would obviously choose uh, Japanese as well. I do enjoy uh, Japanese uh, food from, you know, noodles to uh, sushi and everything in between. Uh, but I, 
I think, I don't know if it's just versatile or you know what you're gonna get, but we, whenever we travel, wherever we go, you can never go wrong with a good Italian. A yes, good Italian that would be my second, second uh, restaurant. And uh, especially in Italy, or even better still, you know, I've had the opportunity to uh, share uh, meals with Italian families where, you know, you properly eat an Italian meal. And uh, yeah, the, the Italian cuisine, definitely. Yeah, 100%. I, I've, what, like, least favourite? Least favourite. Someone's taking you out for dinner, they're like, you, I'm not telling you where, I'm bringing you here, and they sit you down and you're like, oh no. I'm actually good with anything. I'm not offended by any cuisine. Like, uh, I know some people would be like, oh no, I wouldn't eat that. Or uh, my nan was very particular, like just silly things like sweet corn. She would never eat sweet corn. She was like, it's first food, you're not eating that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was strange. I'm not one, it doesn't float my boat, it doesn't tickle my ta- uh, palate at all spicy food so okay. yeah i i don't like spicy food uh, so indian i would always be going for something less uh more you know mild. Uh, more mild or some of the south american dishes and that sometimes it's quite heat orientated so uh if yeah if we ever went to a mexican restaurant or something like that uh, there's less for me personally that i'm going to enjoy on the on the menu you so mine, it has to come with an apology to an entire culture. Uh, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but I will say my piece. Uh, mine is Lebanese. Okay. And the reason is because, and again, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to speak the truth. And if it offends anyone, it does. Um, it does, right? Lebanese cuisine is Turkish cuisine plus cinnamon. <laughs> they take meat. They're going to put it on a grill. They're going to cook it in little cubes. I have no issue. But for some reason, they think it benefits from a little sprinkling of cinnamon. Cinnamon. And it doesn't. Nothing does. No meat has ever benefited from cinnamon. No meat ever shall. Please stop doing it. Please leave it alone. I don't like it. Are you offended by cinnamon? I love cinnamon in porridge, with pancakes, in hot drinks. Cinnamon it's all day long. It's just the fact it's all over Turkish food. It's just the fact that it's on lamb. Just don't <laughs> put it on lamb. That's all. <laughs> just and don't you know? Don't take a kebab, which everyone knows is a Turkish thing. We don't have many things, but that's one thing we have. And don't think that you can put one spice on it and then call it Lebanese. <laughs> it's rude. I don't appreciate it. I'm not happy about it. This isn't a rant, but. That's my well, choice. I feel, I feel enlightened by that now. And I'm somewhat tempted to try some Lebanese food now. Hey, try it because people about. seem to like it. Lebanese restaurants are all over the place. It's uh, it just seems to be a personal bias of mine because I see it on the plate and I go, I know exactly what that's going to taste like. And I'm excited to taste that flavor. And then you do it and it doesn't taste like what you want it to taste like. It tastes like cinnamon. And that messes my head up because I'm like apple crumble, apple pie, all of that. Yeah. And it's not. Uh, okay. Not well, I, I, I was quite happy after the uh, uh, the space combo. Sorry, you don't seem I, so I, happy I, now. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I just, that, that that's obviously been bugging me. <laughs> so my, my quote for the week, I, I saw this... Uh, 
I think one of the really good things, because we always slate social media, one of the good things, especially with uh, Instagram, is you yes. can see something that can immediately put a smile on your face. For instance, a quote, like what I'm going to say now, or it's very good at, at giving you that just short, quick fix to, to feel smart, uh, smiley. I know someone, he was uh, obsessed with watching, uh, like... Uh, young animals like puppies or young tigers yeah so uh i i've got a good quote and uh i saw it on instagram and I, I think at time on instagram it's great for just putting those little things out there that you can just smile at and you can probably do this better justice uh by by uh singing it or putting it across in one way uh, dearly beloved we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life and i think that is just yeah, it's just such a good you can only i can't do it just yeah so uh, i i just think that the whole quote it, it just makes you hear the song uh, i can't do justice saying it you just hear the rest of the song and uh, i just think it's quite poetic for the time we're in uh, right now you know just get through this thing called life that's what we're all gathered here for the whole human race right now for the listeners uh, share the song name album artist where can they find such lovely lyrics? Well, that was Prince. And uh, is it, uh, which album is it? Is it Purple Rain? Is the album itself? Or is I that think just so. the song? No, I think it is the album Purple Rain. And the song is not in those lyrics. It's called, oh. No, oh, this is why, that was the only piece I was missing. That's the piece you don't have. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it now. Go on, you do your part and I'll find you. Well, since we did space, I, I will do my favourite space-associated quote. This is from Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, and it says, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to any of you. Yeah, perfect. Let's uh, go crazy. That's the song. Let's go crazy. Boom. So, let's do that. And you can go crazy editing this. Maybe you could do like a little snippet of it all, a robot together. We'll do some outtakes for a, for a, a JC Instagram. So yeah, yeah I, I'll see how it comes out. I don't, I've never actually seen how the uh, robot JC comes out on a recording on Zoom. Yeah. So we'll see. It might not even yeah. be there. And then it's just me talking over you going robot JC, robot JC. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that as. Pleasure as always, guys. And Peace we'll out. see you on the next one.